We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford at studio here this morning. Ole Miss uh, winning a baseball game yesterday against ULM in a marathon took absolutely freaking forever. They went 10 10 to 2 last night at Swayze Field. How long was the game? uh, Just shy of four hours, 340, I don't know, something like that. We hit the three-hour mark in the seventh inning just as we had an umpire get hurt in a 12-minute delay to get another umpire to get the gear on. So it was, yeah, you – there's not much that makes your heart fall than the three hour in the seventh. That then, yeah, ULM walked thirteen hitters last night. Yeah, um, so bad pitching lengthens baseball games. Yes, and uh, last night was a lot of bad pitching. It's one of we'll get into it. It's one of the I like Michael Borky, and and I understood what he was getting at. He tweeted this morning about in 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 lieu of Major League Baseball, ESPN should show more. College baseball, and the problem with it is from a time budgeting standpoint. Like they can show a bowling tournament, mm-hmm. and they know how long, it's and they going. know ninety minutes or two hours or whatever. And frankly, they can just leave the bowling tournament. Yeah. You know, hey, see you later. Who gives a shit? Yeah, the way that the contracts work with like the SEC and stuff. If they start a game, they have to finish the game, and so if the game goes four oh seven. Your programming is so messed up, and then you, you've got cameras and timing, and it's expensive, and so the cost-benefit analysis is is not good. Yeah, there's a couple things like that. So we'll, we'll hit some stuff from that. Uh, Ole Miss basketball last night losing 83-72 to Kentucky on senior night at uh, Rupp. Matthew Morrell was pretty active. We'll talk about him a little bit to, uh, today. Major League Baseball is going to miss regular season games. We'll discuss that as, uh, as well. So that and more coming up on today's show. Show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch specials, five sixty nine, two sides of bread, 32-ounce drinker. It's a bit close to the weekend. Let them handle a dinner, a catering situation for you. The ribs, wet or dry, call ahead and they'll wrap them up, have them ready to go for you. Waiting on you there with all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi, including the Oxford Exxon, the hot case, chicken, pork, desserts, desserts, sides, tons of different things available. Again, throughout Mississippi, up and down I-55 and throughout North Mississippi with all Blue Sky locations. 
And again, Cup of Tea from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. Really, the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around, although people don't really do that as much these days. Uh, you, you can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. We're all guest, I should say. I was having to move something on the screen. Uh, guest, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to uh, maybe hang out. Tonight, what time is baseball today? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Maybe after the game, you want to run over to Rafters, grab a burger, a po' boy, watch some of the basketball or whatnot on uh, on the televisions. Appetizers, full bar, great beer selection, and more at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford and also in New Albany. Yeah, I thought it looked funny, and I was like, oh, where's something? And then I moved it up. It's fine. Oh, like on your screen? The thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stuff happens. Okay. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Some college baseball can be shown. Yeah, sure. SEC, like good college, like that's right. the problem. You're, you're, you're not going to go grab the Tuesday game because that thing gets off the rails. Fast. No, 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 no. And nobody cares. Right. Hey, you give me two prospects on Friday, and suddenly we're, you know, suddenly we're we're cooking a little bit and doing different things. But no, uh, it, yeah, that, that uh, last night would not have been a very good TV game. It was it was no. a disaster because it. Well, and the guy in Boston's not watching. No, no, no. SEC no. baseball. I mean, he's just not. And so, you know, you, you have to and, – and in Michael's defense, he came back in that thread and said, you know, the College World Series doesn't get great ratings. So what yeah. makes you think the best team March is going to get great ratings? It won't. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it, it doesn't mean that the sport's not growing. It is. It doesn't mean that regionally the sport doesn't do well, but it does. It just means from a national standpoint, plugging in college baseball where Major League Baseball would have been, it, it, it doesn't really make sense. No, I mean, yeah, they, they went 10-2 to two last night. I mean, I, I told Neil, I'm not 100% sure that Mike wasn't running into Alice at one point to play, nine, to play nine innings as they were fairly reckless on the base pass throughout the game. Um, the two things of note moving forward, because it's not as much of anything to do with uh, to do with the actual outcome of the game, is uh, Peyton Chatagnier is fine. Uh, he was a late scratch yesterday. Um, he was on the original lineup that was put out, and they gave us a new lineup about 15 minutes before first pitch. He was no longer on that. Justin Bench slid over to second base. Reagan Burford moved to third. Slid, yeah. He slid to the second wow. base. Yeah, Long you slide get, from center field. You get a running start? Yeah, they had a slip and slide out. Oh, that's he cool. That, put the tarp out. Yeah, that's cool. great. Uh, at some point, Peyton went home. Mike said it was completely illness-related. He said that it was no in, not injury-related. That Well, I have not spoken to Peyton, but I, I can tell you that there's lots of stuff going around. It is quite going around, yes. It's everywhere. Stomach bugs going around. Kind of a flu bug going around. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Just stuff. Yeah. The stomach bug that's going around is... It felt like stomach bug because Mike said, oh, he was fine, and then he wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and then they told him to go home. He was just kind of hanging out. It's like, like, A, you don't need to infect anyone else. And B, like, why are you sitting here? To well, there's support? no reason to sit in the bathroom and throw up. Yeah. The, he didn't need to sit in the clubhouse for four hours no. last night while they were playing that baseball game. So they told him to go home, see you tomorrow. We'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, and then I think Hayden Dunhurst could have played last night. He ran on the bases pregame. He did some 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 stuff to test that hamstring. They're just 
they are being super, super cautious with his hamstring. Sure, as they should. Uh, and Calvin Harris is getting a lot of needed reps. I mean, he's sure. Calvin is hitting 600 or something like around the season. He's like 9 of 15 on the year. There's no reason to rush Hayden Dunhurst, Dunhurst back in February. Zero. Um, I mean, on a list of like things that make logical sense, that doesn't even <laughs> – it's just dumb. Yeah. We'll wait till you're 100%. And then wait another day. League plays, what, two weeks away? Yeah, two weeks away. Two weekends. Well, they have two more weekends prior to league play, so technically it's the third weekend. Oh, yeah. There's no reason to rush at all. They play UCF, Oral Roberts, and then yeah, Auburn. No, no reason to rush at all. Those are the two things. Hayden's going to be fine. He's going to play. Peyton, I'm sure, will take the trip tomorrow, and they will play UCF three times this weekend. I was corrected yesterday. Apparently, UCF is part of the ESPN Plus package. So I think you guys can still watch your games as as I think you as, have to be an ESPN Plus subscriber. subscriber. But you have to for some SEC games, too. They'll screw you and throw you over there occasionally. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not oh. all just SEC Network Plus. You you have to have both to be able to uh, to be able to knock that out. So, yeah. Kyle Wilson, thanks for the super chat. He says, what is the state of the union of the Oxford Exxon podcast? <laughs> say the union is, is good? Yeah, I don't think we're like going to spend an hour on – on going through the entire thing. Things are fine. All good. <laughs> you want to make a joke, but you can't. You nope. can't make jokes. Uh, I mean, you could, but you just... Yeah. People get easily triggered. Yeah. Mentioned the walks last night. I'm not even I'm not even making fun because the question was very relevant. Again, Ole Miss has really walked this season. They have not been overly aggressive. They've taken all the free passes and things that other teams have given, but Mike got the question to lead off last night. He was like, yeah, you know, you guys really took a lot of pitches. And he kind of laughed because it would have been impossible to not walk a lot right. last night. And he goes, well, it kind of got crazy there for a minute. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, it it, it is what it is. Uh, Ole Miss had a really good outing, a first start for Hunter Elliott, the freshman from Tupelo, who even T.J. McCant said it unprompted. He came over and he goes, God, he kind of looks like the guy last year, doesn't he? he Elliott really resembles Doug Nikhazy in how he looks, and he's number 26 to where it's it's fairly eerie. I mean, he's – a lot like Doug, he's kind of a fastball, curveball, curveball guy as a freshman. He's left-handed. He's got the long hair. It was, it was a little startling seeing him out there a little bit because he does look like Nikhazy. Ole Miss would love for him to really look like Nikhazy for the next three seasons. Sure. Uh, but he recorded the first seven outs by strikeouts. He was low nineties with a fastball for the most for most of the night. Uh, like I said, the curveball was really good. Changeup was okay. He uh, he he showed well. He was he he was good last night. I thought that was a good start for him. And then. Mike said that Jack Washburn is fine to start today from what we believe to be a blister issue yesterday on his foot mm-hmm. or something. Um, so he should get the ball at 4 o'clock today. So that's sort of your your baseball rundown from uh, from that. Should be nice weather at 4 o'clock, huh? Should be good weather today. Yeah, I think so. It was, uh, I mean, it was absolutely spectacular yesterday afternoon. It, it was spectacular yesterday afternoon. And then as it does this time of year, ain't it Swayze like – you, you knew you were going to need that sleeve or that maybe even jacket last oh, night. Yeah, and when we got walked sure. down there, you're still kind of – It gets cold. It's like, dude, it was 72 today. And it drops into the 30s at night. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was kind of miserable at the end of the game last night. Yeah. It, it sort of sucked, I'll, I'll be honest. That's where you look at people when they keep asking another question, like, what are you doing? Well, I, and it, I was – I'm in the wrong. I'm admitting this, but – I'm I'm the jaded person that knows we're not going to use all these quotes prior to the game today. I know how this works. And the media relations guy came down, who's done a good job, Mitch Praxel in his first year, and he he's like, who do you guys want to talk to? And just her name starting to sprout out. And like under my breath, I'm like, or we could just talk to Mike and get out of here, one or the other. What do you (laughs) – What do you – they play again tomorrow. I was like – 
or we could just and go. What are you writing after a ten to two? I, I've never understood. I've never understood it. I don't mind getting Elliot because it's kind of hard to get him at some point, so you sure. can knock that out. But sure. I, I, I didn't. I mean, I, I, look, TJ, I love you. I didn't need you last night. I was, I was good. I mean, we, we're, we're fine. Yeah. Good. Just, just, we'll talk to you again. Yeah. Just hold, hold tight. Get you another day. Yeah. He, he had a good day. It's all, all good. And that's what drives me crazy is those people do these interviews and they ask all these questions and the quotes never see the light of day. Never. But what, we're doing inside baseball stuff. Yeah, now. that no one cares. No about. one cares. No one understands. It's just in football, it's really bad. Yeah, you'll take a five-minute interview and make it eleven for reasons that no one ever understands. I, look, they have a title. They're coming off of it. I do wonder a little bit. Straight on the looking around the league last night, State only beat Grambling two to one last night. Oof. Something's going on. They are, there's a hangover a little bit in Starkville right now. Well, most teams, a little fat and happy. Most teams do have championship hangovers. They do. Yeah. Um, you know, you win a title. I mean, I'm not going to rule. I'm not going to rule them out in May, but but it does take a minute to get back. You played incredibly meaningful baseball in June, and now you're not. Now you're playing Grambling on a. It's hard to get a Tuesday night in February, and Grambling's probably pretty up for you. You know, every time you play somebody, you're the you're the defending champ. You're going to get their best shot. I guess there is that too, and it's possible they're just not as good. Players leave and stuff. Teams aren't exactly the same year after year. Yeah, two one yesterday over Grandma. I was going to look around the league real quick. Uh, Kentucky lost. Alabama lost. So the SEC is down. Is that what we're the saying? SEC is very down. They suck. It's like, it, 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 it's huge problems. Uh, Vanderbilt only beat Central Arkansas five to two yesterday. Oh, I mean, problems. The, the Bears got a little spunky in Nashville last night. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's it's all good. I remember losing UT Martin's not the best sign in the world though. Um, no. Nope. And we know they're at the bottom. Like, yeah. Teams are picked at the bottom of the standings for a reason. They're going to have some days where they kind of suck. Going to catch some L's. Yeah. yeah. Kentucky is not good. Right. Kentucky's bad. So who's bad? Kentucky, Missouri. Bad. It's all relative, but the worst four teams in the league are Missouri, Kentucky, Alabama, and Auburn. Gotcha. What's that? Nothing. 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 Not. Not today. Nope. 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 We're not <laughs> doing that today. Uh, I, I will say this from an SEC baseball standpoint: Alabama needs to. You know, they they got very unlucky with Connor Prelip getting hurt. He was supposed to be this stud for three seasons, and he just has not amounted to anything because of injuries. After having, you know, coming in and being such a highly touted guy, Brad Bohannon is a really good baseball coach, and he is in a job that is so damn hard that I'm interested in his career because if it doesn't work here, he's got to kind of reset and get somewhere else and start over, and it's hard to move up when you didn't win in the SEC and they're okay, sure. but I. He's a really good coach that's in the right spot. I think he does incredibly well. He's a guy that I really like around the country, but he just can't. Might it's not, just freaking hard. Might not be doable there. It's just hard. The ceiling since Jim Wells has been pretty low. Oh, the league has changed Oh, um, since Jim Wells. Yeah. I mean, you look around the SEC West, and where's the where where's the week off? Because that was when I was getting started in that state. 
We're talking late 90s, early 2000s. Alabama played LSU in the final in 97. Yeah. My first year on the Auburn beat was 98, but I was in Alabama in 97. And it was a different sport then. Vanderbilt wasn't Vanderbilt. Oh, God, no. It was just a different it was a different sport. People were engaged in it, but it wasn't – I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Just different. Because the closest team to you from a resource standpoint, if you're Alabama, is Auburn. And they are immensely better as a program than you are. They went to Omaha a couple years ago. Butch Thompson's done a good job. When my, there's, been, there's been stuff there. But, like, when I was covering Auburn those first few years, Hal Baird was there. And Hudson, Plainsman Park guys. was one of the gems of the SEC. Yeah. Now it's, What's, like, ninth. Yeah, it's not that anymore. And only because it's kind of quaint and cool. Yeah, it's it's aesthetically pleasing. It is. But it's my favorite non-superpower park. Right. I mean, you walk into it, and it's like, oh, this place is nice. <laughs> but this it's is neat. small and But cute. it's small, yeah. And I don't know what kind of amenities they have and all that stuff. Not, but, but, you know, I mean, it's not – back. But my point is, back then, it was really nice. You know, I mean, just sports changed in a good way. But they haven't invested in it. People the way really that care. Other, yeah, they haven't. And they, they frankly don't care. Well, they don't care there. They, they really don't. Because I, I hear from people in Alabama like, man, Mississippi's nuts about baseball. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's different. Isn't it funny? You just cross into that state and they like it and they go, but they don't care. They're not, they're not doing podcasts on college baseball there. They're not doing radio shows on college baseball there. They're, they're not. Like, Richard and Borky and them do college baseball shows, yeah. and it works. In this, they do it for a reason. It's not, but, yeah, but you yeah. couldn't do that in Birmingham. You you would lead off the three o'clock hour with you today. Last. We're going to talk to Brad Bohannon. No, you no, wouldn't no, last. No. Like the next round's not spending time on college baseball today. You wouldn't last. <clears throat> Jackson Norris with the super chat chase along these lines. Um, I know it's early, but being so good at the plate, do you see any big names going to the bench if they aren't hitting because it is Omaha or bust? Um, Big names going to the bench. Ooh. Uh, I know Mike. Uh, it's going to get really – it would have to get really, really slumpy for guys to – get benched that are their main six seven that play every single day that are that that, that are in that group uh it you know it, it no he's gonna stick with those five six seven for for really for sure i he would have to get like i said he would have to get bad and they would have to get so hot at another spot and the only choices to kind of take those spots are outfielders so i mean you're talking no, I mean, I, I really don't. I I, th- I think that this lineup for about seven is set, and it depends on when we get into league play, where are they going to get the at-bats out of Van Cleve, Leatherwood, Alderman, Harris. I mean, here that's to do with Calvin Harris. I mean, he's hit his way into having to play, and he can play first base. He can play corner outfield. He's got to do some of that. So Mike has a challenge to correctly identify who's hot, who should get at-bats, right, left, whatever, out of a group of like four outfielders that – they all could easily play every day, and I don't. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like. So, yes, I have a favorite non-superpower park. It is Plainsman Park in, in Auburn, Alabama. That is, yeah. Um, there are several parks that are the you know eight nine thousand. You've got LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss State, South Carolina, Texas A and M. Probably it. I think it's those six. Um, I haven't been to Florida's new park. It's just not big, right? Yeah. 
Oh, I know you believe me. You're aware. Just, yeah, random category. But Well, I, I did it. I, I do it some ways, though, because people ask me, hey, what's your favorite park? And it, like, there's no way you can say Plainsman is just your favorite park. It's just too small. There's not enough amenities and whatever. Yeah. So you go, hey, out of that. No, it's just aesthetically pleasing. It's it's they've got it in a nice little spot on campus. And when you walk into the stadium, it's pretty. It is. It's a pretty park. Mm-hmm. You have the big green wall and all the stuff. It's it's pretty. Yeah, that's it. Back to that question from Jackson, real quick. The other part of it is somebody's going to get hurt. Look, somebody's going to somebody's going to sprain an ankle. Somebody's going to do some stuff, and you know they they at least have the versatility to move people around. Justin Bench can play anywhere. You can slide McCants around a little bit. You, you, you've got some versatility at all positions to be able to withstand when that guy does get a high ankle sprain. He's out three and a half weeks. That is inevitable at some point. At least it's not shin splints anymore. We just hope it's not Peyton. Well, I'll be honest. Last night when he was scratched, I was kind of like looking around. I was like, so what's going on here? Good. Yeah, I don't know. And they were like, yeah, we got no update. And I'm like, okay, well, but. Let's get one. Yeah, like not hurt. Like at that point, you're like stomach bug, right? Stomach bug? Yeah. Good? All right, cool. All right. Yeah, cool. And like somebody in the press box is like, hey, vested interest? I'm like, yes, actually. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a little more concerned right now than I would be in some other uh, in some other situations with all with all respect to those people. So Yeah, I've heard nice things about the Love Shack at Louisiana Tech. I just haven't seen They've it. They've done a great job. I just hadn't seen it in person. Would like to see it in person, just hadn't done it. Yeah. And Florida may be the best I mean, Florida will be the best park as far as the nicest out of the big parks. There's no doubt about that. Um But it's not real big though, right? No, what I'm saying. It doesn't oh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't hit the attendance marks. I'm just saying it's new and whatever. Out of the really big parts, my least favorite is Bluebell at College Station. Uh, yeah. It's it's kinda ugly. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. And you're around the A and M people, which Yeah. If it's if there's a tie, it suddenly falls below the, the bubbles and stuff. I mean, and the bubbles are like only the ninth weirdest thing they do. And when that is the yeah. that is the situation, then you know where you where you are. Yeah. <clears throat> Podcast brought to you in part by Johnston Hill Creamery, JohnstonHillCreamery.com. Small batch artisanal cheese and fermentation, charcuterie, bakery, catering, grazing tables, and much more. That's six six two four one nine nine two zero one. Our cheese at JohnstonHillCreamery.com. You can go to their Instagram page where they put up all their new specials or schedules and whatnot. Hope you guys enjoyed all your king cakes over the course of uh, Mardi Gras season. Fat Tuesday, obviously yesterday, today Ash Wednesday, as uh, you took advantage of those uh, those offerings from them. And again, they have uh, cheese classes coming up and a lot of different things. So again, see them all over social media. That's Johnston Hill Creamery. Or go to the website, johnstonhillcreamery.com. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. They have great lease deals as well. It's um, GrenadaNissanUSA.com, just off Interstate 55 in Grenada, Mississippi. We're also brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, a lot to be offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings from um, beginner lessons with trainer Susan Walt to buying your first horse and competing at nationally recognized competitions. You can learn more by getting in touch with Bowers Cone, B-O-W-E-R-S Cone, number one, at gmail.com, or message them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farms. We're also brought to you by Bell & Grove. They're uh, based out of Chattanooga. Daryl Oliver and Evan Dial built Bell & Grove, a logistics provider with more than 35 years of uh, transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S., 
They can navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rates possible for their customers. They can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. Uh, They also can provide air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. It's Daryl Oliver, 865-672-6557. Don't just accept what you see, but uh, imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen and Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. And speaking of Peyton Chatney, the Peyton Chatney Show is brought to you by The Rogue. It is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. It's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, Duckhead, and more, all at The Rogue. Their classic style, attention to detail, and commitment to excellent service continues to make The Rogue a special place to shop. It's therogue.com or 4450 I-55 North in Jackson. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy. G&M there on South Lamar in Oxford, 662-236-2222. They offer MedSync for your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. They also deliver locally in the Oxford area if you would like that uh, that different service. And then with the uh, Right Way Meds, Indonesia package your medication for those who need that extra step. And take care of you there as well. I had some medicine delivered yesterday. So with GNM, again, on South Lamar in Oxford or on the square in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs, 662-236-2222. Um, before we get into basketball coming up, um, hearing some uh, some good buzz around Ole Miss and Amari Abram, the uh, shooting guard out of Santa Clarita, California, Southern California Academy. I think Rivals has him at 108 nationally. It might be the lowest, actually, of all of his ranks. I think I think his composite was 60-something, something like that. Rivals is very anti-Ole Miss. It, so they've been predicting a while back that a yep. Yahoo was connect, committed to A&M for a while. It was actually going to yeah. end up a rebel. Rob okay. Cassidy. Um, Just knife in. Yeah, he, at all, all times. Yeah, so Abram, uh, again, shooting guard. He's a guard. I don't really know exactly what his situation is, yeah. but either way. He uh, was previously committed to Texas A and M from August to uh, to November. Got a uh, got a pretty good many offers, and again, uh, he is making a decision on Saturday afternoon. There's some Ole Miss buzz around him at this uh, at this moment for uh, for that. So, for whatever that's worth, there you go. What? No, nothing. Uh, okay, nothing. last I, night at we should uh, have a lot of recruiting stuff on Saturday. They've got sure. football visitors coming in. As of right now, it sounds like about fifteen. Two or three of those are 2024 guys, so there's still a long way to go for them. But um, the 23 guys, 12 to 13 of them, best I can tell, some highly ranked guys coming in. So hopefully we'll be able to touch base with them when they get to town and bring you guys some actual physical recruiting content, if you will. Like in person, physical. well, not like where you're taking a tweet and building a story yeah. around a tweet. Like, okay, he's rated this, and he's got offers from. Him. I mean, you'd rather ask the kids like who's really in it. Not aggregating is actually what you're. And I'm not criticizing yeah, the no, aggregation I either. I'm, I'm really. Not, I know people think sometimes that I am. I'm not. 
I just think it's more meaningful if you have quotes from the kid where he's standing right there and you say, what schools are you? Because, look, there's, there has to be some intention, right? If you get in the, the car in Birmingham or Atlanta or wherever and you come to Oxford on a Saturday in early March, you could have gone to other places. Mm-hmm. You actually physically did something and went to Oxford. Mm-hmm. That, that means something. expresses some intention. Yeah. So what other places are you going to? Because yeah. that is the clue. You as took to, time out of your free yeah. time. To, if you go to Ole Miss and Texas A&M and Kentucky and LSU, those are the four trips you take. There's a decent chance that those are the four schools that are really on your mind. Yes. As opposed to reading, hey, he's got 27 offers, and he put out a list of his top 12. Okay, cool. But did you visit all 12? Because if you only visited four, there's a chance that those four are the top four of that 12. You don't make a lot out of it when the kid cuts to a top 12? I don't. And it's one of the reasons that people hate me and hate my recruiting coverage is because to me that's kind of nonsensical. You're not really – if you're if you're down to 12 schools, you're still pretty wide open. So just say you're wide open. Because you don't actually think you can go to any of those 12. Or, Most kids know or you're not really five. Yeah. Could you pick up the phone and go to all 12 of those schools today? Maybe. No, it's not. I mean, I mean, you know, you are not you you're not eventually picking all twelve of those schools, or right. yeah, the entire list. If we were to go through that list honestly, sitting down right now, and say, so you really see yourself at Louisville? Right? Yeah. Okay. Wake Forest. Is there even a chance that you're really going to Wake Forest, or is that just a cool thing to put in your edit? Yeah. Well, it's kind of a cool thing. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's good. Okay. You're but under no requirement. Do you, could you see yourself going to Florida? Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I like them. Okay. okay. So they're in it. Yeah. Now, now we're getting somewhere. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Kentucky 83, Ole Miss 72 last night for uh, for the Rebels. Um, Morrell with 25 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 2 of 3 from the line. He was awesome. A couple boards, 4 assists. He was great. 36 minutes last night. Yeah. Matt? They got 14 from Brooks, 8 from Joyner. Brakeville had 7. Matt was terrific. And that's – Said this yesterday on the board, and most people got it. A couple people took offense to it, but it's okay. That's priority one going into the offseason is keeping Matt Morrell. He's got his get-out-of-jail-free card, the one-time no-penalty transfer. He's still got it, and he will have overtures. There will absolutely be – there already are overtures. I mean, I've heard specific schools, and some of them are blue bloods. They're big boys. So for Ole Miss, keeping him on the roster is big because Matt looked like. He looked like the Matt Morrell you expected. He certainly looked like an all-SEC player last night, and frankly, he looked like the kind of guy that would. If Matt could play like that night in and night out, he would be in the mix for like All-American honors. He's a terrific player. And if they could get he and Deshaun on the court together healthy, Deshaun creates a lot for Matt. That was the impressive thing about last night was Matt goes for 25 against Kentucky, kind of having to create a lot of his own offense, which is not his game. And Matt's big enough to offset Deshaun where they play well together and everything. Oh, yeah. From a guard standpoint. And, you know, yeah, he's an ideal two guard. With you have a a point guard who can create off the dribble. 
And that's what Ruffin does. I mean, if you put Matt Morrell on Auburn's team right now, whew, or on that Kentucky team, because that's what they have. They have a couple of guards who can penetrate and create stuff. But if Matt could get 28 minutes a night for that team, Kansas, those kinds of teams, and that's that's going to have that opportunity. At, at this me, point, we only know the opportunities. Yeah, it's not me saying he's leaving or that he wants to leave or any of that. But that's priority one. If you're assuming that Kermit Davis is, is coming back for a fifth season, priority one is keeping Matt Morell on his roster. Has to be. Because Matt has shown more than flashes of this this year. He's shown this more often than he hasn't shown it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Matt's made big strides. Frankly, from a development standpoint, the development that they've gotten out of Matthew Morrell is the top line on their resume. His jump from one to two. I mean, Matt looks great. I mean, physically looks great. He's playing great. He's become a better defender. I mean, does kind of everything really well. And if his game takes another jump, I mean, he's, like I said, he's an all-SEC player in a league where you look at who's going to be on the all-SEC team this year. It's not easy to make that. That first unit all-SEC team is uh, Oscar, I, I still can't say his name, yeah. uh, the big kid for Kentucky. It's uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. It's B.J. Note. It's uh, Kessler. Uh, Kessler and, and, and then Jabari. Yeah. And it's like five more because they put like 14 players on the yeah. first team. But yeah, I think that's probably that's probably right. It's probably that group. And those are the stories from last night. I mean, Kentucky wins a game that was never really in doubt. Um, Ole Miss played well. They covered. I thought they would. Yeah, no, they played really well. They played against a really good team. And it's, teams just don't – you don't walk into rough and win. I mean, Kentucky Kentucky has to play badly. And they didn't. Kentucky played well. They didn't play great defense, but they played really well on offense. And they're an explosive team, and they're good. For the game, Kentucky shot 60% from the field and 43% from three last night. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's the, the frustrating they part. They got whatever they wanted inside. The frustrating part for Ole Miss is that they'll have one game where they're kind of locked in on defense and bad offensively. And then they'll have a game like last night where they play pretty good on offense and they just can't carry it over to the defensive end. But they don't have a collection of great defenders. Brickfield's still learning how to play defense. Jarkel Joyner's not a particularly good defensive player. And you're having to play the same guys lots of minutes and guys get kind of worn down. I did think once again, and I don't have his line in front of him, you do. What was James White's final line? James White went eight points, four of four from the field. Three rebounds, uh, one foul, two turnovers, no assist, ten minutes. Yeah, he showed some, showed some moments. He's the one that's giving you flashes. I've seen people say that about Morrell, and it's like, no, Morrell's just good. Morrell's more than flashes. White showing some flashes. There's some – in a scenario where next season goes well, his game takes a, a jump. The year one to year two jump's got to be big for him. They got nothing out of Rodriguez last night. No, inconsistent. He's just that's been his career. Plus minus, it's kind of overrated. But Crowley's minus sixteen last night, by far the worst on the team. What was Jamin's line in a big high level game? Uh, seven points, three of seven from the field, one of three from the line, 
eight boards. Yeah. One foul, one assist, one steal. His game has to take a jump. Thirty-five minutes. Yeah, his game. Has He's to, a little more in thirty-five minutes. That's yeah. You got to get more. You need ten and ten from him in thirty-five minutes. They played Fagan nineteen. Didn't get really anything out of him in yeah. nineteen minutes. Yeah. Uh, played Sammy Hunter seven minutes. Saw him make a three. He did. They ran with him for a little while. It was competitive. Joiner looked healthy last night. Yeah. First time kind of the legs were yeah. pre-flu or whatever it was he was dealing with. But he had back surgery this year. And I'm assuming Jarkel comes back for another season. Looking at the boards. How bad did they get beat on the glass? How many did Sheboy get? 30 to 24 was the... The boards overall. Uh, he went for eighteen and fifteen. He's just a beast. He does eighteen and fifteen every every night. He's that a beast. is exactly what he does. Is like eighteen and fifteen. I mean, he in Fayetteville the other night kept the day kept them in the game with his offensive boards. I mean, he just he's a just a force. I mean, frankly, Jalen Williams had a terrific game for Arkansas, and you looked up and Shebway had crushed him. But you're like, no, I mean, Williams played really well. It just you, he's he's almost unstoppable. Well, the announcers during that Kentucky-Arkansas game kept, yeah, almost like cheerleading the kid for Arkansas. And it, it almost sounded like they were being anti-Kentucky, but it's because Sheba is so good yeah. that it's like, oh, you're trying. Hey, good job. Well, I mean, you're, I mean, Jalen Williams there. is an NBA-caliber player. Yeah, and he just got manhandled. I mean, he still played really well. I mean, Williams had some big moments in that game, but Sheboy's just terrific. He's good. I mean, he's 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 something. Uh, anything else happened around the league last night of any relevance? Yeah, that Florida Vanderbilt. Oh, game. yeah, yeah. The yeah, Florida yeah. Vanderbilt game was absolutely fantastic. The end of it, skin of teeth. Florida was done. I mean, the the they were reading the last rights on that team because that would have been it. Yeah, and and they just made a couple of plays, and my God, Vanderbilt committed a couple of mental mistakes. And eighty two seventy eight, they end up winning in Nashville. To Florida's credit, when they had to have a great offensive possession, they had a great offensive possession. And the kid made a three. They moved the ball around. They created the look that they wanted. They got it, made it. But, boy, <laughs> they were they were hanging on to the tethers of a rope. But they got it done. And so now they're at home, and now the Kentucky game doesn't have quite the same pressure on it. Let's see what they're – I'm gonna see what their net is. Nobody cares, I know, but South Carolina seventy three, Missouri sixty nine last night. I, I tell you what was interesting from that is Frank guarantees a winning record or at least a five hundred record in the SEC, and it will be a five hundred record because I think they close against Auburn. I think I saw this where South Carolina, since joining the league, has only had ten nine losing seasons in the SEC, and Frank has five of them. And you saw. I don't know if it was planted. I don't know if there was a reason behind it, but I saw a lot of South Carolina media, media subtly pushing for Frank to keep a job last night. Oh, really? Yeah, you had a – there was a bit of an effort of kind of propping him up last night uh, for whatever that's, that, that's worth. Carolina now 18-11, and 9-8 and eight in the SEC. So Kentucky's five. They stay at five. Tennessee mm-hmm. fell one spot to nine. Auburn's still 11. LSU is 16. They've got a big game tonight. Alabama moved up one to 21. 
Arkansas State at 23. Florida held steady at 51. Ugh. Yeah, it's just oh. Mississippi State is 54. Texas A&M is 64. Vanderbilt fell to 77. That's, That's significant because but Florida needs them 75. Florida Florida, Mike White will be cheering against his alma mater on he Saturday. He needs Vanderbilt to go win that game. Yeah. Carolina's at 91. Ole Miss actually moved up to last night to 108. Missouri's 154. Georgia's Georgia had a big jump. Georgia jumps from 216 to 208 last night. Losing a game in Athens to Tennessee. They played well, actually. Got beat 75-68 last night yeah. in, uh, in Athens. Tennessee now 13-4 and in the SEC, 22-7. Overall, in uh, in that one, and then as you mentioned tonight's uh, tonight's games, Texas A and M at Alabama tonight. Huge game for for Bama from a seeding yeah. standpoint. Auburn at Mississippi State tonight. One state actually has to win. Period. And then LSU against Arkansas tonight in Fayetteville. Will Wade and the uh, the Tigers in town for uh, for Musselman. Arkansas Razorbacks. beat them in Baton Rouge. That should be a hell of a fun game. Here is what's interesting with Arkansas is they've got all these kids coming in, and now there is some rumors there that Note is going to stay. Most people would assume that he would leave. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of rumblings that Note's going to stay another year. And if they get Nick Smith and a couple of the other kids and Jalen Williams and B.J. Note, Suddenly it's a deal. Well, they're a bitch next year if that's yeah. the case. The three lines tonight for you uh, betters out there, Alabama minus 10 at home against A&M. Ooh, it's a big number. Auburn minus 3.5 on the road in Starkville tonight. And Arkansas minus 5 at home against LSU tonight are your, uh, your three lines. LSU's weird on the road. They're sometimes pretty good. I kind of like LSU plus the five. And for some reason, I really like Auburn minus three and a half. Like State, feels like this is a moment that State gets tight. And you better play, you better play a really good, you have to play a really good basketball game to beat Auburn. You can't just emotion them. And State has not done a lot of that, frankly. No. Like Auburn's lost to... They lost at Arkansas, and Arkansas played really well that night. They lost at Tennessee the other day, and Tennessee was terrific. It was, I mean, Tennessee played national championship caliber basketball that day. Mm-hmm. You just have to play really well to beat Auburn. You can beat them, but. Thought over. Yeah, I guess well, that's it. <laughs> well, uh, move on in a second. First two, two by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're going to look underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Uh, we're also brought to you by OPA. It's uh, Oxford's newest restaurant. It's 306 South Lamar in Oxford, Um Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, a candlelit patio, and more. Again, 306 South Lamar in Oxford. We're also brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs. In Oxford and Tupelo, Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. What are your goals for 2022? Does your company... Need hard-to-find talent to meet these goals? Maybe you're personally seeking a career change. Let this be your year to make the change, and your first step needs to be to contact Service Specialist Employment Agency. It's the oldest employment agency in Mississippi. They recruit in all industries. Remember, there's nothing to lose by reaching out. No cost to you as a candidate. Everything is kept confidential. 662-832-5151. 
38. And we're brought to you, um, hold on, sorry. They're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. I put up a podcast last night. We had asked for questions about a month ago. Uh, travel questions for John. A lot of you guys had questions. John answered them in detail yesterday. It's a really good podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. It's in uh, both of the uh, podcast feeds. So get, extra, get a minute. You want to listen to it. Uh, a lot of travel tips for you. And if you want to learn more about John, just get in touch with him. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. I'm taping Mind on My Money later this morning. That's brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. And we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's one stop rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. And find them on Facebook and Instagram. They've got you covered for uh, game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. I know it can be hard to find quality shrimp away from the Gulf. That's why we've teamed up with New Orleans-based Prime Shrimp to order direct deliveries of restaurant-quality shrimp straight to your door. Over 70 years of shrimp processing in New Orleans, they developed a new standard in cooking convenience with their easy-cook pouches that are perfect for those shrimp lovers hesitant to cook at home. Also introducing the new flavor this week, kind of with their roots, you get the uh, Louisiana Shrimp Bowl in addition to the signature season, the French Quarter Alfredo, and uh, and more at PrimeShrimp.com. Money back guarantee. Use code MPW for $20 off your first purchase. Um, Post on the message board last night, uh, George DeLeon passed away. He was Ole Miss's offensive, cor- uh, offensive coordinator, run game coordinator and offensive line coach in 2005 and on Orgeron's uh, first staff. I think he left to go to Temple the next year, if I recall that correctly. His final uh, job as he was the offensive line coach at Baylor in 18 and 19, I believe, something like that. So just, uh, saw that Bruce Feldman reporting that last night. Old was 78, I believe. Um, I believe that's correct. Because uh, he would have been, yeah, I guess, late 50s ish, 60s, somewhere in there, kind of when he was here. Yeah, okay. somewhere in there. He was. He was. He. I remembered him being older on O's, on O's staff, which I mean, it's getting younger and younger and younger the other day. I mean, I was going to talk about. A story that Oregon had, maybe today, maybe whenever. I mean, it's not going to go anywhere if we don't get to it. But the, Oregon's average coaching staff this year, 40 years old. And Ole Miss might be even younger than that, obviously, between Weiss and a lot of their Ooh, guys. I mean, I hadn't thought about that. That'd be good math to do. That yeah. is a Ole Miss's staff is young. I mean, Lane might be the oldest guy on the staff. Seriously. I mean, without, I mean, I'm not how looking. Pa- how old's Partridge? He's in his 40s, right? That's my understanding, yeah, without really knowing. Derek Nix is in his 40s. Partridge is only 41. Derek might be the second oldest guy on the staff, and Derek still <laughs> and Derek looks younger than he is. Yeah. Yeah, you're not willing to go. Oh, Derek's the old man going on here. Like, Derek, like 43 maybe? Is he even that young? I don't he know. He's got to be a little older than that, right? He looks. He still looks really young. He does. But, I mean, he's been here for – Yeah, but he came as a really young guy. Yeah, that's true. He graduated from Southern Miss in 02. So, yeah, he's he's 42-ish. 42-ish, 43, somewhere in there. Yeah, it is a freaking young staff. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I'm just not thinking of. 
just on field staff. It's a bunch of dudes in their thirties. Baker, Blackwell, Carter, Joiner, Partridge, Thornton, Weiss. I mean, a bunch of cats in I their twenties. Yeah, fix that. There's some twenties in there. Yeah. I mean, he might have one of the youngest staffs in college football for damn sure. Because I mean, they were they were praising or not praising, but they were pointing out Oregon's young, youth. And I mean, that's they're ancient compared to Ole Miss. Well, you talk to people in coaching, and I know you do, and I do as well, and they'll tell you more and more the college game is a young man's game. More and more. Mm-hmm. It's for young guys. And the. It's worth the read. Uh, it's on ESPN. If you go to the college football page on their website, you scroll down. It's I forget who wrote it. It was, it was a double byline. But it was talking about the coaching search at Oregon and the different factions that sort of kind of fought and had to compromise and how in today's world, done in a very <clears throat> public way because of social media and different ways that this plans out, they end up hiring Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator at Georgia. Obviously, no ties to the University of Oregon. And Oregon, maybe as much as any program in the country, especially for national semi-powers or however you want to phrase Oregon, they had stayed inside the Oregon family for decades. I forget the number in the story, but they essentially had hired, they'd only had four head coaches and it had been nothing but Oregon people since like 1980 or 1978 or something. You're talking about um, Mike Bellotti, Rich Brooks, Helprich, Chip Kelly, like it's all Oregon people who, in, in some way or another for years and years and years. They have obviously two different national title uh, playing in the games teams over the course of that of, of that tenure. And how after going away from that with Cristobal, while the recruiting worked and Cristobal's plan was technically working, yeah, they didn't get there. He left. And Oregon dealing with a lot of schools deal with is, yeah, but he's going to leave us. Go hire one of our own. We, we, we're used to our guys staying. We don't want that guy, whatever. And it played out in Twitter spaces, the way Twitter lets you all come in and talk. Two former players with different perspectives, two all Pac-12 players, I forget their names, it's, it's irrelevant, kind of fighting in the Twitter space to at one point one of them just left. And now he later on goes, hey, look, like, we're cool, like whatever. But, you know, it just wouldn't One saying you got to stay in the family and one yeah, saying one you saying, don't. Yeah, one saying, hey, let's go find the dude and yeah. let's not – to the point that even A.D. Rob Mullins was getting in the Twitter spaces and discussing the search in the Twitter spaces with fans. I mean, it, really? It, yeah, it was like nuts of what's going on here in this in this point. Things that would not happen here for 100, hours. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, it was just all these different things playing out. And they had to realize that, hey, you guys, and every school has to do this. I mean, Ole Miss has this to an extent. Oregon had to be like, okay, we know we have a niche. We have a niche. We need to we need to be able to maximize our niche while also figuring out how to recruit just aggressively and whatever the plan that fits us the best beyond that. And Crystal Ball taught taught Oregon that they really didn't have to be the cute West Coast program. They could recruit nationally to some extent. Yeah. They could do a lot of those different things. Yeah. And they almost didn't even want to accept it. It was very uncomfortable for them as a thing of, hey, but if we do that, we're doing this. You know, they went after Justin Wilcox, big time Oregon family. I mean, you know, he's the son of Dan Wilcox. I mean, there's like grew up in Eugene, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he, he, that's as Oregon as you can get. Yeah, and he turned the job down because basically they said, "Hey, look, you got to cheat." We're just being completely honest. They said, "No, we whatever." And Wilcox, he will not cheat at all. Takes um, him off every hot board in the country. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me mark. Hold on real quick um, in case something happens. Put yeah. a line through that one. 
insert the Mark Cuban gif. He goes, oh, oh. Uh, okay. Because uh, they point out in the story that essentially he wants players who are really impressed by the leather on the couches. I think that's how they phrased it. And mm, Good luck. They kind of said, hey, look, that's not – that's, that's not our deal anymore. And they essentially, Laning had to prove not even necessarily that he's obviously, he's not going to go in and go, hey, I'm Oregon made, but I give a crap. And where I'm relating this to Ole Miss is that Ole Miss has done a really good job. Over so wait a minute. So, so, so hold on one second. Yeah. Sure, just, huh? just a quick backtrack. Yeah. So Oregon talked to Wilcox, who said, I don't really want to play the game. And then they went to Georgia to look for a coach. Correct? Okay. <laughs> Got it. There's, there is I, – hey, I admire, <laughs> I admire that consistency. Hey, who's willing to play? Oh, Athens? Okay. Yeah. Who, who y'all got? Who's, who's your dude? Yeah. <laughs> got it. All good. Yeah, it's something like Rob Mullen goes, hey, we, we need somebody who's willing to go into the gray areas. Hey, Dan. Yeah. You, you interested in the gig? Oh, pewter gray. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. You're, 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 you're good. I just wanted to make sure I was following. I was tracking along. You were, you were saying something about Ole Miss, and I interrupted. Yeah, I'm going to get there. Yeah, but sorry. I'll, I'll back up real quick. It said sources close to Wilcox said the Oregon job initially came with some conditions related to the recruiting philosophy and possibly assistance to retain or hire. Those quote spooked the coach. One person said, even when Oregon relaxed on some of those items, Wilcox did not feel like he could run the program like he wanted. He turned down the offer. Quote, it seemed like they wanted him to work in the gray area, and that's really not him. Justin's the kind of guy who likes to recruit kids that aren't arrested in it, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. He made up his mind, and he stuck with it. Oh, well. I mean, I, I admire his principles. So point being, there's two things you do. You hire the best fit for your job. And, and college athletics does require fit. Absolutely. More than any other thing, college sports – Requires fit. And I get why people make fun of that word. I totally do. Because people, what is, what is fit? Fit means you win, right? But, and it does. But it's different than that. Like, you can sometimes just tell a guy doesn't fit in a place. You have to, look, should you or should you not is another story. You have to fit to a certain extent to maximize your network efforts. They yeah. have to at least think you get, like, they don't need you to be one of them. They just need you to care. Yes. There's a difference. It's not, hey, go out and... And if you're not going to do that, you have to win really big. Yeah, it changes the level yeah. of your... It's a scale. I mean, now look, yeah. I mean, look, Saban... Everybody goes, well, Saban, but he plays the game. Yeah. He's not completely... I mean, Saban's a good fit for Alabama. Oh, he's a great fit for Alabama. They're fine with robots. Okay, robots. Yeah, they just want to win. And they win so damn big that it doesn't matter. That's my point. Well, the, listen. The Saban doing everything he's doing, though, at 8-4, and four, it's an issue. The power of that network is is that Saban has been able to convince that network that it doesn't matter who gets the credit for it. All that matters is that you win. And that winning perpetuates more winning, which is true. Yes. Winning means that you have talent. Talent goes to the NFL, which perpetuates more NFL talent coming to your program, which perpetuates more winning. And before you know it, the ball is rolling. And that's where Alabama is. So what Lanning was able to do, and where it does relate to Ole Miss, is one of the parts of, I think, their overall football program health right now is the job they've done connecting with former players, getting younger former players involved. Because 
for just being honest, for a long time, if you didn't kind of play for vault, they they ignored you. Um, yeah. And they have they've remedied that. There's been several people at the forefront of that to really get get on that task. They've hired Javon Patterson now to basically exclusively do that and make sure former players are in trade. And the publicity and the community and sort of the tight knit nature of getting former players involved is 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 exponential in a lot of different ways. That does things for your recruiting because these guys are NFL players. These guys are publicizing you all over social media. It's you're recruiting guys who want to be those dudes. I mean, Laramie Tunzel talking positively about Ole Miss helps with every offensive tackle in the country. Who looks around and goes, "Oh no, I know that cat." Sure. Like, let's do that. I want to be him. I want to do this. Like there's so many simp- you know, kind of simpatico things with that. But in addition, those former players start believing in the current administration. Well, now you really got something because they care more. They whatever. They stop some of this backside stuff. I mean, Ole Miss had a terrible time there for a while, right, wrong, or indifferent, on just getting the players to uh, that just getting the players to say Ole Miss on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or whatever the hell that was. And I know in some ways it was just it, it was there was a couple anomalies and just individual things in there, but it was also because there was no buy-in. Nobody said, "Hey, look, you're one of us." Uh, like you know, sure. whatever. There, there was there was something to that. Yeah, that was not completely just. Oh, I really want to save my high school. It wasn't. No, it's usually if you do that, it's one of two things. Every once in a while, it's the guy being cute. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's the players. He's not silent. Ex- little just. He's not exactly thrilled with what's happened at his or with the way they've treated him or his communication or whatnot. So Lanning started doing zooms with former players. That's smart. And going, hey, here's. Here's our process. Here's what we're doing. I'm going to explain this to you. I'm going to explain this to you. You're welcome here. Here's what we're doing. And he said, you know, it got a little deep. It wasn't just, hey, how do you like your steak? How do you whatever? No, I mean, let's let's talk. Here's here's the plan. Here's who we're recruiting. Here's why we're recruiting them. And the exponential nature of how that bleeds back into you is 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 good. It's it's yeah. Because Cristobal, he 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 was not a good fit at Oregon because Oregon is not Alabama. As in, you just we don't give a shit. No, we need you to be invested. Well, look, Saban is good about that. I think it's one of the things that Lane learned. Mm-hmm. And, and it, not that he didn't learn it from two places, right? Pete Carroll was always good about this. Um, and, and Saban's good about this. They're very good with their alumni stuff. You look at Alabama Twitter on Sunday morning. Win or lose. Sunday morning it is about the NFL. Their entire Sunday is built by Bama and NFL Hall. It is not, hey, we kicked Tennessee's ass. Look at this cigar. Oh, no, no, no. It's about, hey, we got four guys in this Bengals-Browns game. Yeah. And Ole Miss has been much better about that the last four, five, six, seven years. Yeah. Much it's, better. It's got to be that. Mm-hmm. That's what the high school kids see. I mean, you want to get real. The high school kids, it's – the reason Alabama's had great success is it's not, it's not even the network anymore, Chase. And it's not um, – Nick Saban or any of that, it's it's they have this proven track record of getting guys to the league. Mm-hmm. And so when they bring you in and they're like, We think that you are a first round guy, if you come in for three years and sacrifice self for team sure. and buy into our process in three years, that's gonna be you on the stage hugging the commissioner. And that's the for the. It big, also gives you a little more effort to stay that extra year. Hey, no, waiting turns. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Well, and, and that exactly. And now they've taken. Or guys like Brian Robinson Jr. is not going. Right, damn it, I'm going to Kentucky. Right. No, it's they've had more retention success, and frankly, they've they've started to have some transfer portal success now with that exact same approach. I mean, they're a bear, and then you look at 
Georgia. Georgia does a lot of the same things, and Kirby spent a lot of time with Saban. There's yeah. a ton of similarities there. Yeah, Lanning, none of Lanning nor any of his assistants had previously coached at Oregon, which for Oregon was a big deal. Yeah. No retention, no nothing, just new dudes in, up and down. There was some Pac-12 ties. Lanning had been in Arizona State. But Lanning was on a lot of radars. I think a lot of people were surprised to see him land the Oregon job now. But he was a guy that was on radars of programs where the you know, the coach could leave any given year. And then frankly, Lanning had to be convinced that Oregon was willing to jump into the NIL game through whatever means necessary. Well, that was the interesting part about Cristobal is I think that a lot of a lot of people thought that Cristobal was going to stay at Oregon because they had convinced him that they were going to be incredibly involved in NIL, like top five in the country NIL. Cristobal's thing was more his family hated it there. And then he, Miami made a tremendous offer. And Miami's pledging to be very yeah. involved in NIL. Well, and then Oregon does this, and it just shows you know Kentucky basketball's got like basically cryptocurrency paying NILs, and then Oregon, and I I don't understand NFTs at all, and frankly I'm not 100 percent convinced they're not just fun ways to launder money, but nonetheless, uh, one example I'm reading from ESPN. One example last week when Division Street, a venture to elevate NIL opportunities for Oregon athletics, so think Grove Collective for Oregon, started by a group of donors and includes Knight, announced it will launch a Tinker Hatfield-created NFT collection. The collection, which will be called Flying Formations, will consist of 120 unique digital art pieces created by Hatfield, the celebrated shoe designer, that will be auctioned off and accompanied with a special edition Nike Air Max 1. Nearly 70% of the proceeds from the auctions will be sent directly to Oregon football players. Okay. Of their version of whatever. Um, everybody so, got something. So, so it's art? It's those digital pictures that you buy the only one, which I don't understand because technically I can just copy-paste, like, say, I, I I don't understand it. So it's not like art that you're putting on your wall in the no, living room. No, it's like, it's digital. It's, it's Just on it's, your phone? Yeah, and they pay, like, millions of dollars. But you not seen these things? I mean, I've heard it, but I, I, I don't I mean, there's, know. like, these 8-bit characters, and, like, Darren Ravel's obsessed with these damn things, and he'll tweet... This one sold for $23 million. But how does it have value? What is its value? Thank you. That is my point. Where I'm, there is something you can't convince me, just like some of the restaurants that stay open. I go, how? Because they're laundering money through somehow. Yes. They're running a a drug operation. Yeah. That's why. (laughs) I I don't. That's exactly why. Yeah. That's a front. Yeah. Somebody says, think of it like paper trading cards. Well, okay, but you still get the trading card. Like, it's the best joke on the internet, as dumb as it is. If somebody goes, hey, this one sold for $4 million, and everybody goes, hey, I've got that one, too, because they just saved it to their computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. And I, I'll freely admit that I might be, be too stupid to understand, but I don't understand. It feels like the absolute jump the shark of, I just have too much money, and I'm just, sure, whatever. Here, I'm, I'm, I'm in the NFT game. Ginger says this is a South Park bit about NFTs. I'd like to see. Yeah, that. you're in now. I love South Park. Yeah, so whatever. All right. You watch South Park at all? Saw him not like you and Jeffrey. And yeah, me, but yeah. <laughs> there are days that I'll, I'll, South Park makes me laugh so hard that I can I, I have to stop because the humor in it is so. Sar- it's up your alley. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. sarcastic and dry and yeah, yeah. 
podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service available, parental controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender, and more. So call the office for details. Get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great uh, products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer. 662-801-1777. 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call the people at Southern. 662-429-4429. We're also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. Been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry. It's all there. The gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com. Or call them at 662-234-2777. ACS, Automation Control Systems, LLC, is owned by Clay McNutt, Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. If uh, you're in need of custom HMI, and SCADA Solutions, our large horsepower VFD specialist, they've got you covered at ACS. It's ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Game Changer Patches are the only two-patch system available in the market today to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. All natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE20. At checkout for 20% off your purchase. We're also brought to you by Dead Soxy. Go to deadsoxy.com and to the promo code Rebel Grove. Get 25% off the very best socks you will ever put on your feet. Again, it is uh, deadsoxy.com. And uh, if you want to, people mention about betting on college games tonight, if you want to do that, I suggest Bro Throw. It's a social sports betting network free to use. Really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, no juice. Over time, that saves you money. You can start your own group, make friends, invite your friends. Payment happens within 24 hours of the conclusion of your bet. You can take the other side of an existing bet, start a new bet, and more at brothrow.com. Interesting thing here. We had talked about this in passing, and I know everybody won't find it interesting, but it is interesting from a business standpoint. So, you know, the PGA Tour put out that player impact program where they're going to pay the top 10 spots every season to the players that between on-course success plus social media attention whatever they got money for basically promoting the pga tour yep. without hitting an entire sh- a single shot in 2021 tiger woods wins the player impact program um for 2021 he gets eight million dollars of the uh of the budget yeah um phil yeah. mickelson finished second six yeah. million yeah. um well they carried the sport for a long time rory jordan bryson justin dustin brooks john bubba um you know you're a young player. You you owe a debt of appreciation to Tiger in particular. It just and then shows Phil the, as well. the level of he is the needle. Yeah. I don't know how – I mean, frankly, Holds he might son. have to be dead to fall out of the top ten. Holds his son. 13, I don't know, yeah. 10, 12, I don't know. If he can just hang on long enough for Charlie to get on the tour, we're good. Oh, that's what we got to hang on to? I mean, people would watch. Oh, I mean, People, 
that father son tournament gets better ratings than some of the I actual mean, tournaments. Wouldn't be the first time Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Sr. played together. LeBron's trying to hang on long enough to play with Bronny. People like that stuff. We have odds actually in Vegas of or wherever they are of Woods Jr. winning a PGA Tour event during his career. It's just wrong. <laughs> it's totally wrong. What are the odds? <laughs> just curious. <now>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He is coming off their second place finish to John Daly and John Daly uh, the second in the uh, father son. Now John Daly the second's a college kid, right? He's at Arkansas. That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. He, he's yeah. good. He's damn yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's legit. I mean, I would like some odds on him too. He's yeah, that's real. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, there's no way to compare John Daly the second versus Charlie Woods. <laughs> they are like eight years difference and for some pretty important. But I cheer for both. <laughs> I mean, if you offered me that. Oh, I'm in. If you yeah, offer me sure. that pairing in 12 years, I'm, I'm in. in. Yeah. yeah. Everybody be in. Hey, sure. Yeah, look, well, the same way, if you can say you hate the NBA or whatnot. If if Bronny James and LeBron James are on the court at the same time, you're watching. Yeah. So the website results find that uh, they got they got Woods Jr.'s chances of winning a PGA Tour event by the age of 20. Um, Ooh, 20. Oh, I didn't realize that. Plus 350. You only, get, you only get three and a half to one that he wins a PGA Tour event by 20 years old. I'm I'm selling there. Yeah. I mean, not many guys win before 20. But now they're going minus 750 on you if he doesn't. So it's it's punishing you pretty good to vote no. Okay. Um, By the time he reaches 30, just two to one plus 200. I mean, so essentially, does he win a PGA Tour event? Because if he hasn't won one by 30, he's probably not I'm, winning. I'm not betting against him. And that's minus 450 against. So still the favorite. I mean, he's 12 years old or whatever. And you can tell he's really, really good. To win a major by the age of 30, plus 950. Okay. So Might be $100 worth putting down. Plus 6,000 that he wins the Masters before his 30th birthday. 60 to 1. Wow. Okay. Nils going, oh, Hundy spot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I've spent a hundred dollars on worse in fourteen years. When he's twenty eight, you're locked in on the back nine on Sunday. Going, hey, (laughs) he's very, very, very good. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. He's not the best junior in the world or anything. I mean, but he had a runner up finish in a really big junior event last week. I like his genetics. That's all I'm saying. And his ability to get whatever is needed. Yeah. Well, his dad was a beast. He's going to have an opportunity or two. Yeah. As this thing moves sure, along. Sure, of course. I mean, the way college stuff works, and he's going to be committing somewhere in like a year. His baseball and golf are kind of similar, like when you're basically. Tiger's still pretty tight with Stanford, right? Yeah, he seems to be. Yeah. yeah he goes to sporting events and stuff. Yeah. So you got you got to hunt. Do you, you think he's I mean, following? I'd, I'd make them the favorite. If you're the Stanford coach, you're, hey, uh, hey. hey um, you do know he has an offer, right? Yeah. Remember me? Yeah. We're, 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 we all good? Okay. Thanks. It's across the country. He lives in Florida. I don't know. But, you know. Yeah, all right. Might go to Stetson or something. Oh, good. Yeah. Was it? I think it was like, I think Rory committed to East Tennessee State out of high school. Is that I right? Know. I mean, he was never actually going to go. But, yeah. yeah. I think it was East Tennessee State. That sounds right. Uh, Drew asked if uh, Bronny James has NBA level talent. Yeah, I think most people think he does. He's not. He's not superstar talent, but yeah, he's got NBA. Got NBA talent. 
potentially got work to do. Speaking of uh, the Griffies, did you have any thoughts on Major League Baseball yesterday? Um, I've read a couple things. I haven't finished a couple things. Manfred, he's a terrific public speaker. Horrible. Just and, horrible. And, 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 he, and he deserves criticism for that. He deserves criticism for a lot of those things, but that still defeats the purpose or the point. Right. The point is that he had an inability to get both sides to have a functional relationship. Yes. To whatever degree, just a functional relationship. His, it's not whether he's practicing a damn golf swing no. while he's waiting on a meeting to end. Uh, it's none of that stuff. It's that he had an inability to make them functional from a agreement standpoint. It's that not is what it. happened. To your point, you're exactly right. It's not what happened over the last three days or even three weeks. It's This has been coming for years, and he never – Manfred never could get the two parties together without the pressure of a deadline and say, hey, this is not functional, this relationship, the way that it is. And we can't just divorce from one another. Mm-hmm. We've got to make this work. So let's find some common ground. And then, and I've said this a couple times to some people today. You can be anti-owner, and I'm, I'm generally for the players in this, although I think both sides are to blame. You can argue who's at more blame, and I'll probably put it on the owners. That being said, the Players Association representation, Tony Clark, he is horrible. Yes. He is horrible. And the Players Association has allowed him, over the years, to make the relationship worse and worse, and worse, and then when it comes time to get something done, they basically just followed him into traffic. Mm-hmm. Well, at some point, that's on you too. The players waited way too long to come to the table. And at the end of the day, if you're the players, you, you only have a certain amount of leverage. The owners have more leverage than you. They own it. And so now you're at this place where the owners go, okay, here's what we think. We think that you guys in a month will panic because you'll need money and that you'll ultimately accept the deal that we we gave you. And the only way, and I was told this by a couple people, the only way that you really hurt the owners is they have to lose. They don't even feel the pain until 25 games are lost. Of course, sure. Okay, from a TV standpoint. Financially, they don't even start to really lose significant money until the 26th game is lost. Okay. If you're the players, the only way you can make them pay is to take the whole season away. Mm -hmm. And then if you take the whole season, and this is where Manfred's horrible. This is where Manfred, who's paid by the owners, by the way, they can fire him at a moment's notice, and he probably makes, what, $25 million a year? So he's he's incentivized to just side with the owners. He can't get the two sides together to go, hey, guys, this, this thing that we're doing here is mutually assured suicide. We've got to reach an agreement. To look at the players, and they need a better representative. They need a better representative who can say to them, "Let's quit getting hung up on winning this negotiation and just and just get back on the field." The owners did give them some things. Did they give them enough? No. Are they ever? No, they're not. The owners are gambling that they'll be desperate in two months because history says they'll be desperate in two months. Where both sides, I think, are making a, a mistake is. If you talk to baseball people, and you know, I know a few, and they'll all tell you this. Oh, everybody says that. Fans will be back. Fans are always back. I don't know. 
took them a long time to come back after 94, and the sports landscape was different in 94 than it is today. I don't know that you disappear for a year now. I don't. Yet, will some people come back? Of course. But you're going to lose a you will lose a percentage of fandom forever. And you lose a lot of players who go, God, I know I need this year. I'm pissed because like I this this like well every every player is a ticking clock. I mean, there were players yesterday on social media that were kind of hinting at that. They were being careful because yeah. right, wherever Alex Wood, there was some other side. Yeah, yeah. you know there were a few that are like, Hey, I I lost a hundred games worth of twenty twenty. And now you want me to lose potentially all of 2022? I mean, I'm 27. I'm 27. I'm probably not playing forever. Yeah. I mean, there's money getting lost. I mean, if you had a deal and you were supposed to make $3.7 million this year Mm -hmm. and they don't play, well, you don't get that. Right. There's no way to go get that back. You're not going to get that back taking a job at State Farm. There'll be more coverage, but there's really even no timeline for them to get back together at this point. I have no idea what's. I think what's the owners have walked away for a while. Like, okay, yeah. I wanted this. Here it is. Yeah, we're calling bluffs at this and, point. And I'm not on the owner's side at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm for the players. I, I hope they get what they get. But some of their some of their lines in the sand are ridiculous, and I pin that on Clark. Where Clark can't look at the players and go, "Look, we do we deserve this number?" Yes. Are we ever going to get this number? No. So let's get as close as we can. Let's take some things. We have some leverage with the 14-team playoff. Had I been the players, I would have said, okay, we'll give you the 14-team playoff. Now we've got to get – but the players were dug in on, nope, not going past 12. And the owner's like, eh, screw it then. Yeah. All right, uh, more coverage, com Again, that John Edwards podcast up, feel some travel tips or just to hear Neil's voice for a little more. We will uh, let you know what's coming up down the pike as the rest of the week comes on. And, uh, again, baseball today, 4 o'clock from Swayze Fielding at ULM. So have a good day. We'll talk to you soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.